Guys, I got a haircut. I look really good. Really good. You do be looking really good. It's like shoulder length. And I look, it cut off like five years of my life. Let me just tell you that right now. I'm looking very young, but also very cute. And I feel, I feel really good. It like lays right on my shoulders. It's long enough I can put it in a ponytail. The music in the background <laughs> is really getting me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel like I should start like an inspirational speech or something with this background music. It's so good. Welcome back to another episode of the Conscious Divinity Podcast. My name is Abby. And I'm Zoe. We're getting ourselves situated here. Um, what a day. What a day. For starters, I slept like 12 hours. I never sleep that long. I slept until 10.30 this morning, Zoe. Like, what, what on God's green earth? I feel like that's when you sometimes want to take a nap because you're usually up so early. I, yeah. Yeah, like normally I would take a nap around that time, but no, I was just up. I was just up. Up and ready to face the afternoon. <laughs> the afternoon, yeah, yeah. And then I, but I'm proud of myself because I did a whole morning routine today. I did some of that. What's that video you sent me about when you're like, you're like summoning the energy from the earth? What's it called? Qigong. Yeah, it? yeah, I was doing like a little bit of that. I did a little bit of yoga. You would be proud of me. I did some cat cows. I did a little, little, what's the, when you push up, what's that pose? Downward dog? No, no. Sphinx? No, yeah, no, is it? Cobra? Yeah, the cobra, like that, but I'm like on the ground. And then yes. I also did those twisty pretzel ones, because those always feel so good. The twist. The yeah. The one. The twist. Yeah, the one where you're like this, and then you put one arm under and like flip over, and then you're all twisty, twisty. Yes. The there's the shoulder opener. Um, I think it was the shoulder thread opener. Thread the needle. Yeah. So yeah. comfy. Bro, it felt so nice. Let me tell you. And I did some of the. What's the one where you're like, I, I think it's just child's pose where you're like this, and then you bend over and put your arms out in front of you. Yeah, you sit oh. back on your heels, and then you kind of flop over. <laughs> Oh, I wasn't on my heels. I no, was like on your my butt's flat. on your heels and then you oh, just yeah, yeah. fold over. And that fold one you. feels like heaven on earth. Can I just tell you? That's my, as soon as I'm done my morning workout, that's the first thing I do because I'm like, oh, it just feels so good in your body. The most grounding. Yeah. I realize that like, I do like yoga. It's, I just like the poses that I can do. Yeah. I don't like the ones that I can't do. I feel like yoga is about more of like getting more into your body to yeah. heal you know and I think social media um kind of glorifies yoga sometimes of look at me do this handstand on a mountain like that doesn't feel good for me you know while I like to see what my body could do it's not my favorite kind of yoga to push myself to do a cool pose it's more of like what you said I like doing the poses I know because it makes you feel good in your body like it grounds yeah you know? the ones that like actually feel good in my body are the ones I want to do not the ones that are all like whoop-de-doodle-noodle yeah scorpion you know, yeah <laughs> some some crazy shit I can't I can't do this props to you if you can I cannot right now I can't yet mm-hmm. I can't yet but right now I'm not worried about doing those doing those either anyway as I was saying it's been a day it sounded like it started great, though. It started really good, and I was really, I was actually, I'm supposed to, like, <laughs> I'm supposed to go out and meet, um, I'm, like, friends with this, with this girl online, and we're, like, both, like, you know, spiritual people, 
and uh, we've been, like, trying to, like, meet up and, like, hang out because I've been really, like, calling in spiritual friends and stuff. So we were supposed to go get tacos tonight. I was going to go with her and her, um, her, her partner, and then I pulled up skirt, skirt into your parking, your driveway and got a flat tire i ran over something on the way here and in my head i was like i wonder if i'm gonna get a flat tire and then i pulled up to zoe's and my tire light came on and i looked outside and my tire was completely flat and i was like well yep i ran that over so i ran over something i don't know what it was but there was glass in it and now there's glass in my tire mind you there's a brand new tires that i just bought brand new tires and I, it has a piece of glass in it. You can't even plug that. You can't even plug that. So anyway, RIP. But it was honestly, I'm so proud of myself <laughs> because I saw the tire light go on and I was like, yep, pretty sure I have a flat tire. I got out of my car in your driveway, walked around, looked at it, and I was like, yep, my tire is flat. And then I just like took a breath and I was like, okay, I'm going to call my insurance. I'm going to get it towed. Um, and then I'm gonna go upstairs, and I'm gonna record an episode with Zoe, and I'm gonna deal with it. And that is just so crazy to me, because, like, I used to be the kind of girl that, like, if that happened to me, I would be up here crying. And I would be like, why do bad things always happen to me? Like, this is so stressful. Like, that's money that I don't really have right now. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, I was just trying to go record an episode. Why did this have to happen? Anyway, um. I can relate to that, though. (laughs) I can, because I remember I would torture myself with all of the negative that's going to come out of, like, the most minor inconvenience even though this isn't minor you know yeah. I'm not trying to like devalue it. but it's also but... not like the worst thing in the world and you know that quote that's like life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you like respond or react to it like that is just like so fucking true mm-hmm. because like I could turn this into a big thing but I'm like why why would I do that to myself right now like I can't change the fact that my tire is flat I can only go get another tire and yeah it's gonna cost money that like I don't feel super comfortable spending right now but I have to I have to drive I have a job I have to be at I have places I need to go friends I need to see things I need to do for myself so it's like okay so I just I'm gonna deal with it life happened and here I am dealing with life and it's it's just so it's fucking awesome honestly to like like changing your perception takes away so much turmoil in life like so much perceived turmoil like it's not even real but we're like the world's ending and it's like but it's really actually not and and like in so many situations in life like that comes up where our our like program behavior is to be like this is fucking awful like blah 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 and it's really not like it's just the stories you're telling yourself about this situation like I could tell myself a million stories about this fucking flat tire right now and make myself goddamn miserable but why would I do that to myself when I can just accept it for what it is and be like you know what I'm gonna do when I get home when Zoe drives me home because (laughs) because apparently because of COVID they the the tow person won't let me ride with them R.I.P. um so Zoe's gonna be an angel and drive me home but like I'm gonna go home and you know what I'm gonna do I'm gonna make myself a nice bath I, like, cleaned the fuck out of my bathroom the other day, so it's all nice and clean and sparkly. I'm going to make myself a nice bath. I have a lush bath bomb. Ooh. I know. And I'm just going to sit in it. I'm just going to... I'm just going to... I'm just going to be. 
I'm just gonna be with all the feelings. And, um, I was actually surprised because apparently, um, apparently my tow company will, this is how cool the world is also, my tow company will apparently only tow, like, within 20 miles, and... <laughs> my the place my auto shop is like 19.89 miles away <laughs> so like otherwise i would have had to pay for it so like peace and blessings peace and blessings to you at least that's what the 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 like way they used to do it was i haven't gotten a tow in a while but they are dispatching it so i really hope that they're just gonna take it there wow. i feel like they would have told me on the phone like hey um <clears throat> we don't tow that far it's not covered but I'm pretty sure it's like within 20 miles and they know you're here right yeah they know I'm here okay they know I'm here they're watching they're watching me always anyway so yeah what a life what a day um I don't know what I want to talk about in this episode part of me wanted to really talk about um like uh like relationship not like so much trauma but like how we grow up defines how we are in relationships and the kind of relationships we attract but I also like I'm like I don't know do I want to talk about that I don't know what I feel like called to talk about today we obviously we don't have a guest today it's just Zoe and I we're just vibing we had to um reschedule a bunch of guests that we had just because life happened Mm -hmm. um but it's okay because now we have like once we get everyone scheduled in, we're going to have the next month filled up with guests. So that's going to be sick. Very excited for that. We can just chill. So, but today we're just going to chill and we're just going to, we're just going to talk to y'all about life. Yeah. And you brought up something interesting though. You brought up two things that are actually interesting. Oh, just two? More than two. Oh, okay. Fine. <laughs> Just I'm like, how deep do I want to dive, you know? I know. I'm like, this has been a day. How deep do I really want to go? Can we just talk about what our favorite puppy breed is? No, we did that last week with Chavez. Pitbull. But besides That's, that. What, what are they called? Wiener dogs. Dachshunds. Dachshunds. No, isn't it like... Small the, legs. <laughs> long body, tiny legs. <laughs> um, What is it called? It's called Dachshund? Dachshund. 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 But it's spelled like D A S C H, like Dushins or something, right? Am I crazy? No, I feel like that's. I feel like that's what it is. That's how I was told to pronounce it. Was Doxin. Doxin. That's what, and I'm like, is it just because we're white? Is that why we're saying it that way, or is it like pronounced another way? Right. I don't know. Listeners, please. Yeah, someone, 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 message us on Instagram and let us know the proper way to um to say that, but um. Yeah, why don't we, you know what, why don't we talk about relationships? Why don't we just do that? I'm because down. We've um, had some interesting ones. We have had interesting ones, for sure. And, like, my little sister just went through a thing where she's, my little sister's going, like, through a spiritual awakening right now. And it's, like, really fucking cool to see. But she's in that part where, like, everything's fucking painful. And, like, she's starting to realize that these stories she's telling aren't what's actually real. But they still feel real because they're so ingrained in her subconscious, right? So she's really struggling with the conscious and subconscious mind right now and the, the limiting beliefs and what she knows to be true and all this stuff it's really cool to watch um obviously it sucks when she's sad and in a lot of pain but like I just remember like I needed to go through that to get where I was spiritually so 
so I'm like, I'm like, oh, this is beautiful. Like, I know you feel fucking crazy right now, but like, it's all going to make so like, give her a couple months. She's going to be like, probably helping more people than I could ever help. Like, she's one of those people that has been so like, so deeply hurt that you can she just has so much power brewing inside of her like if she just alchemize alchemizes that hurt to use it bro like in a beautiful way um she is gonna be like unstoppable she we already know she has like psychic abilities like 100 percent. like she's been contacted by spirits before like she's seen stuff yeah like she wow. she's special she's not to say that like i'm not special you You're know very special i am <laughs> note to everyone listening I am special uh but she's definitely like she she could be like huge like if she harnesses that power so I'm super excited for her yeah I'm super excited I had a moment where I was like I wish I was like her like I wish I like had spirits contacting me blah blah and then I was like I get angel numbers and signs all everywhere all day like the freaking of all places, my mom was, like, baking a pie today, and I looked down at the, like, uh, oven, and it was heated to 333 degrees, and I was like, wow, another place to see an angel number that I never knew I could, like, see. Like, of all places, the fucking oven. Because spirit's talking to you. Yeah, it's exactly. Like your clair- I feel like both of our clairvoyancies, like, manifest in very different ways, yeah. and now it's like we're learning how to tap into it. Yeah. Know? A hundred percent. I also just bought, um, a new crystal. It's Oralite, Oralite 23, I think, or whatever, but it's supposed to really help with your connection to, like, the angelic realms and stuff like that. So I'm really, I'm trying to, um, I put it to my forehead today when I was, like, meditating, and it just felt like, it just felt really good. Like, there's, like, some, there's something there. So I'm, like, excited to work with that crystal and see what see what happens but um but anyway but my back to going off on a tangent again back to what I was saying so my little sister um but she's going through this period where she's realizing that she keeps dating the same person in a different body she keeps finding herself in the same situation been there yeah and she's starting to realize that she is playing out um old trauma from childhood in these relationships in order to, you know, fix it or make it better, right? So she's finding herself with men that are extremely similar to my father. And she's she's in that situation where she's trying to, well, she's not in that relationship right now, but she's going through the healing process, like, after the breakup. And she's, like, realizing that she was putting herself in these situations to, um, you know, put herself in a similar situation as childhood and try and create a different outcome for herself, like, okay, I get it, like, my father wasn't there for me, he wasn't emotionally available, um, but maybe if I just try harder with this guy, maybe if I just try harder with this relationship, maybe if I love them better, if I do this or if I do that, or if I'm the, the perfect girlfriend, they'll change, and I can rewrite that story from childhood, so that, like, I, it can, it can almost take, take away, like, the, you can finally say, like, oh, I knew it wasn't me. I knew I wasn't the problem. Because what happens in, like, when you're a child and you have a parent who's, like, neglectful or abusive or not there, we tend to take on this story of I'm the problem. I'm not good enough. Something's wrong with me. It's my fault I'm being treated this way, right? And so we carry that into our relationships in adulthood. Um, and 
And so many people are walking around in life not realizing that they're just, they're, they're, they're replaying scenes from childhood in their relationships and their relationship with their parents or lack thereof. Like, so many people don't even realize that the way that they're acting, like, this way, the way that they're doing this is solely connected to a childhood experience. It's, it blows my mind. When I discovered this, I was like, holy shit, I am 100%, I have been dating women, women that resemble my father in the way they're emotionally unavailable. Like, my little sister and I are very similar in that aspect. We definitely have more core wounds from our father. Um, so, yeah, it's just wild but it's just interesting to see like how she got from how she came to this realization right because now her mind is blown and she's like holy shit and she was like so what like what is the real problem here like let's okay so it's my relationship with my father what did my relationship with my father teach me about myself what stories have I decided about myself that all, that I'm carrying into these relationships and her stories are like similar to mine like I'm I'm not good enough I have to be perfect to be loved um I can fix people I can change people like turns you into a, like a fucking martyr thinking that you can be this and that for everyone and whatnot or if someone doesn't change it's your fault you didn't try hard enough kind of shit like you you're not you know you know the deal um but yeah so she's she's at that that place right now and these stories we tell about ourselves in relationships, like, so, she's been saying things like, it's, the stories she's telling herself are totally different when she's in, like, an aware state and a subconscious state. It's so cool to see, because when she's aware, she's like, hang on, I wasn't even happy in that relationship. Like, Mm -hmm. I didn't, I wasn't getting what I wanted. I didn't feel loved. Like, I didn't feel received. I didn't feel, I wasn't comforted. Like, I was asking for bare minimum, like, I, I knew I wasn't happy in that relationship, and then the subconscious comes in, where her limiting beliefs are stored, and her story changes to, well, why didn't he just, like, why didn't he love me, what's wrong with me, why was I not good enough for him to change, like, why did I bend over backwards for him, and he couldn't do anything for me, like, why this, like, why this, like, he hurt me so bad, why did he do this, and it's, it's so fucking interesting to see the, the, the way she talks, how it shifts based on what part of her brain she's playing into at the current, like, state and time. It's just, it's just so fucking cool. And then that just opens up a can of worms for, like, all this stuff about relationships and, like, these fears and these limiting beliefs and, like, all this stuff, like, that all comes from childhood. Uh Like, everything. It's, so I, I nanny kids, right? I nanny children. In case anyone cares, I'm currently nannying children. I care. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I love you. Um, I'm just going to say this, and then I'm going to let Zoe talk, because my brain's going, so I'm just going to let You're her say You're saying good shit. Keep going. Oh, okay. Thanks. Keep, I'm listening, so okay. keep going. <laughs> my one listener, Zoe. Thank you. Audience of one. Yeah. Two, if you count the dog. <laughs> oh, for sure. He's sleeping, but he's he's getting it. He's getting the, the transmission. Yeah. He's getting it all. Um, okay, so something so interesting is I, I nanny these two children, right? And I've heard people say all the time, like, but by the time you're, like, five, six, seven, like, your core beliefs are already, like, instilled. And I'm like, no, there's no fucking way. I don't believe that. But from watching these kids, these kids, these are good kids, right? But based on, like, you know, things that can, things that can be passed down through their parents to them, things that are passed down in society, how you grew up, whatever. Um, 
I'm already noticing that these children have similar issues to me. Like the the one child is um like almost 6 and they're afraid of how they're viewed by what they wear and how they dress. They wanted to change because they were worried that they didn't look good. Like things like that that are already being instilled in children is is crazy. And then though another one of the kids um has this like obsession with like calling people out in lies like they'll perfectly purposely set up people like other kids for a lie just to be like they're lying look I knew it they're lying they're lying and it's like like what these things are already like instilled and another instance was one of the kids did something at the playground they were like look like Abby do you see that and I was like oh yeah like great job and then the other kid was like well, I can do that too. I already did that. Like, why aren't you congratulating me? And it's like, there's already this need for validation and to be seen and to be witnessed and accepted and like all this stuff. And it just blew my mind. I was like, I was like, wow, here I am thinking like people go around thinking like all their issues are from like their current moment. But no, it's all like all this shit is stemming from your past and like your childhood when these like core beliefs and and um like, responses to things were created in your mind to protect yourself, right? Because, like, the kid doesn't want to feel shunned or rejected or whatnot, so they need validation, they need to be safe. Like, their mind is already setting them up to be in, like, to protect them, right, from these situations. Oh, well, I'm going to change what I wear, that way I won't be shunned, that way I'll be accepted. Or, oh, I need this person to see me do this thing so that I'm validated in the thing that I'm doing. Like, so that I know that I'm enough. Because if no one sees it, that means it didn't happen and it's not enough for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, stuff like that. And, um, yeah, I, I wish I could more eloquently speak on this topic because um, it's, like, such a cool fucking topic. But it really, it really is, it was just, it's been so wild for me to, to be around these children and, um, and just to see how already, in just six years of living on this earth, they're already developing core coping skills and core wounds um, and, like, core limiting beliefs. Like, already. Like, it starts so fucking young. And people don't realize it. They don't try and start to, f- like, heal and change and help people until they're, they're our age. And then yeah. they're like, oh, shit, it looks like you have some issues. Here's therapy. Here's this. Here's that. And it's like, why aren't we listening to these kids? Why aren't we listening to these children a- and seeing what's going on with them and being like, ooh, this is not something these children should carry on into their life. Like... How do we change that? But that starts with their parents and their parents be aware of it. And so many parents aren't aware of it. And they really are. I believe parents are trying the best they can. 100%. Yeah. Like, but it all comes down to how they were brought up, what their limiting beliefs are, all that stuff. And, like, a lot of people don't get to a place where they're really willing and open to look at that and to heal that and to change that. So so they just go on, well, they're like, well, I'm doing the best I can, you know, with my kids. And, like, they just leave it in that. And that's okay. That's okay. But, like, there is so much more that can be done for these children. And it's crazy because, like, even I notice myself saying things to these children that I was told as a kid. Like, still. It's, like, on autopilot. Like, one time the, the kid was crying and 
from the outside, like, they had no reason to cry. Like, nothing was going on. And so I said, I was like, oh, like, don't cry. Like, everything's fine. And they were like, I'm allowed to cry if I... They literally said, I'm allowed to cry if I want to. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, facts. Okay, true. You got me there. Um, And then I was like, wait a second. Why am I telling this child who doesn't know how to handle their emotional landscape to not express themselves emotionally? Like, why am I not trying to go at it from a different way? So that's where, like, obviously my I'm bringing my conscious into it, and I'm like, okay, what can I do to be a better, like, role model in this situation, like, emotionally? But it's just interesting. I was like, wait a second. Like, I used to be told that all the time. Why am I telling this kid that? I don't believe that. I don't believe that you shouldn't cry. Yeah. Like, especially not for a freaking child who doesn't know how to handle their emotions. Like, why am I telling this kid not to cry? Like... I remember when I, it was like super, super early in my position as a therapist. I think it was like, my God, maybe like four years ago, um, my supervisor at the time told me this and it has stuck with me ever since. But where she said, she was like, if you have somebody who's crying in session, don't offer them tissues because... Um, you're insinuating that you want them to stop or that it's not good to cry. She was like, put the tissues in, in view, like keep them on the table or somewhere where they can reach them, but don't offer them tissues because it's, it's as if you're telling them, you know, here, stop, you know, and it, it really stuck with me. And so much of what you said, it holds a lot of value and like weight with how the world works and so my I speak from like personal experience of having a mom who saw me like healing and into spirituality and all this and who then later on probably about like two years ago started to also heal and get into spirituality and she was very like I would talk to her about yoga, try to get her to do yoga. And she was all like, absolutely not. That's not for me. Like my mom loves the gym. She's super dedicated to the gym. And um, I, she started doing yoga. She loves it. She's really connected a lot of her trauma from childhood and how she was brought up into how she parented and where you said like parents are doing their best. I a hundred percent know she did her best. I was nuts as a kid, like off the wall, bat shit, like nuts. I was a wild kid and I was first born. So nobody knows what they're doing. Like what I love about, about growing up and getting more of an awareness for things is seeing that our parents don't know what the fuck they're doing either, you know, but they're just doing the the best that they can. What you said, they're doing the best that they can. And through my mom's own healing process, she said to me like, oh, I should have done this differently or I shouldn't have like yelled at you or should, you know, just recognizing like her own traits. And it's so fucking cool to see that shift with her. Whereas for me, I'm like, no, like you, you did the best you could. Like it's, it's okay, you know? And, and cause that's what we're all doing really is our best. If, you know, we're lucky or aware, <laughs> but, right. but where it, I remember like throughout my life, until like up until like a couple years ago 
I wouldn't even recognize these unhealthy behaviors I had, especially in relationships and how it related to my core beliefs from childhood, because I would spend a lot of time invalidating my own experiences as a kid because mm -hmm. I would compare them to others where I would be like, well, I wasn't beat, you know, and my family was completely normal, like whatever. First of all, like if you're comparing yourself to somebody else anyway, just don't do that. You know, where I was unable to recognize things within me because I constantly told myself the story of, oh, well, you know, Jane Doe had it worse. You know, like Jane Doe was completely neglected as a kid and was in foster care, you know, whereas I, I grew up with both parents. So I'm telling myself this story that like, this is completely like normal, you know, whereas I feel like the smallest event can shift us in life. Like the smallest event can cause us to believe something about ourselves. And nobody could stop that. The, the most patient, aware, spiritually woke parents cannot stop it, you know? Because when we're younger, the smallest things can shift us. And I think what you were talking about earlier, the most important thing to do is is validate whatever the kid is going through, you know? And to say, like, you want to cry? Go ahead and cry. Like, let it all out, you know? And be able to start with, like, emotional regulation and processing at a young age because I feel like when we do things like suppress, like I did throughout my life with thinking like, oh, I didn't have it bad, which compared to other people, of course I didn't. But there's always going to be somebody that has it worse and there's always gonna be somebody that has it better. And for me, like I had to stop using that as an excuse because right. I was literally reliving the same experience in completely different relationships. You know, same experience, same ending, same frustrations, same toxic traits and both myself and who I was with, you know? And and of course I'd fall into that like pity party trap of like, why is this happening to me again? Like, how come this keeps happening to me? Like blind to the fact that, you know, I'm the one putting myself in these positions. Like, what is it within me that is picking people that constantly need to be fixed? Because you know why? I needed at that time in my life to feel needed because I had like completely like codependent tendencies that I never dealt with. Mm -hmm. And through experiences in childhood, you know, because I was, since I was a wild kid, I was punished by authority figures like frequently, you know, whether it was in school, friends, parents, my own parents, grandparents, like anyone, you know? And, and when I felt needed later on as an adult, it felt, it felt like right, you know? For me, I associated that with love. Like, when I feel needed, like, that's love, you know? And, and that's super, super toxic because the, the only person we should ever need is ourselves. Because when we put ourselves in a position, this is how I feel, this is just my experience, but when I put myself in a position where I'm with somebody because I need them and they need me, it's, it's not good, you know? Something in that relationship is going to go south and I'm not gonna know what the fuck to do because I've neglected myself the entire time.
you know. Yeah, that's, like, that's similar. That's pretty much what happened, like, with my little sister. And also, like, what happened with me is we become, we become so absorbed in these relationships that, like, they are our identity. So when we're not, and we place all our self-worth and, and everything inside of this, to this person, and then when it doesn't work out, we're left, like, feeling so fucking empty because we put any little bit of ourselves that we still had at that time into someone else and then it was gone and we're like what the fuck um but I also just wanted to backtrack a little bit to like the whole like saying like the parents tried the best they did um because I also want to validate um the experiences of children who were like like for instance like I I was hit as a child I was emotionally um and mentally uh like abused by my father um, and sometimes by my mother too. Um, I'm, my mom's similar to y- yours though. Like she's gotten to a point where she's, she's opening herself up to spirituality and she's going to therapy or like went to therapy and healed a bunch of these things. And she actually like, um, we were able to have like really honest conversations about it, you know? And like at the time, like she was trying the best she could, but she also had a very awful mother, you know what I mean? She had a very rough childhood. She, there was alcoholism, there was abuse, like all these things. Right. And so, and of course, like when she got with my dad, my dad was very similar to a figure that, you know, wasn't my mom's past life. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that. Like it's, it all just comes like full circle. And I just don't want to, cause I know there's some people who've had like worse childhoods than I have that were like, you know, like, beaten beaten like thrown around like I don't want to like I won't go into details about the kind of hitting I got because that's not necessary um but I or or like sexually abused or like stuff like that right and I'm sure there's people who are listening and they're like what what the fuck do you mean my parent was trying the best they could no they fucking weren't you know what I mean and and what I'm what we say by that when we say a person's doing the best they can or maybe we can change that to a person's doing what they know yeah a person your parents were just doing what they knew not not let's take away the best they can they were doing what they knew how to do from what they experienced in their childhood I don't know a single person in this world who had like a really good childhood and grew up to be a shitty parent like I I don't I don't know that I don't like you don't hear about a person who had a a beautiful growing up. They were always taken care of, very emotionally mature, um, very um, honest, open, present, loving, compassionate. And they're abusing their kids like that doesn't happen. Right. There's a there's a big line there. Um, So I think it's just important to remember that these these parents, these these authority figures in your life are just doing what they know how to do from what has been done to them what they've experienced and seen in their lives and i think the phrase too to recognize is like they're they're doing it to the best of their ability yeah like literally the so yeah with like kind of like eliminating like doing the best they can the best of their ability and the best of the ability to your mom yeah fully yeah sure and like the best of their ability might be fucking shit it might be awful. Yeah. You know? Literally. And and that's just how it is. And, like, um, I guess, we like, for me, I got to a point where um, I've healed this relationship with my mother. And my mother was not awful by any means. Like, she was more loving and present than my father was. But she definitely had her shit. She had her shit. And she definitely put some of that shit on me that I've had to deal with now and heal from in adulthood. But we have a beautiful relationship now, whereas my father is the kind of person that... 
like I said before on the podcast, I'm holding the door open if that, if he ever decides to change, but he's just not the kind of person that's willing to admit that he did anything wrong ever. It's always someone else's fault, like, or I remember even telling him one time, I was like, you hit us, like, you hit us, and he's like, no, I didn't, and I'm like, what? <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Like, bro, I'm, what do you mean you didn't? Anyway, um, so yeah, I've just like, you get to a point where you just accept these situations for, for what they are. And, um, you know, I always say, and you hear people say all the time, like, you're not responsible for what happened to you. Like, I want to like validate that. And like, how you were treated as a child was not your fault. As a child, you are not responsible for um, making your parents happy, maintaining their emotions, uh, showing up for them, being your parents therapist, like anything like that. Like, you are a child, you are not responsible for your parent at all in any way shape or form you're not responsible for how they act or what they do that is a hundred percent their choice their decisions and that all comes from how they grew up and some parents are really working on rewriting the narrative and some aren't And at the end of the day all you can really do is focus on your own healing and like what you can do to show up and parent yourself reparenting yourself is a really really powerful powerful thing um if you're someone who doesn't have parents around or doesn't have parents that are emotionally supportive or supportive in just the way that you would want a parent to be supportive. Parenting yourself is just so fucking important because like we all have that inner child, right? We all have that inner child inside that's sad, wounded, hurt, that needs, needs that parent figure. And as adults, it's now our responsibility to step in and parent that inner part of us. Um, and I think it's honestly fucking powerful showing up for yourself in that way because it's like, hey, I understand that I didn't, like, receive the love and time and attention that I truly needed and deserved as a child. But now I get to show up and show myself that. And it's like, I don't know, I think it's like a power move because you're really, it's it's like that that truth of you do not need someone else to be whole you know like you are whole in yourself and you have everything you can give yourself everything that you need if you just tap into that like power source within so I love that you said that and with how important it is to just recognize and do inner child healing and inner child work I remember when um I was seeing this therapist she's on the west coast and we would have FaceTime sessions. We only had a couple because I wasn't like in a place where I was like fully dedicated, right. you know, but she was, she was fucking awesome. And, um, I remember she just like asked me questions about my life, about my childhood. And I gave her like a brief synopsis of, yeah, you know, I, um, was really wild as a kid. I was punished a lot. Um, was just really defiant, you know, and whatever. I just went off on a tangent with her. And um, when I stopped, she said to me, it sounds like you just wanted to be heard. And that was such an, like I still, I'm getting emotional now, but it was like such an emotional moment for me because that triggered something in me. That that really clicked. And I think that was the first time I felt connected to myself as a younger human, because I always 
saw myself separate, you know, from myself as a kid, you know, I wouldn't like look at pictures of myself and be like, it's me. I can really feel what that was like. Like I couldn't, like I just, and I didn't know that, that that's abnormal. (laughs) Like I thought that that's what everybody felt like, you know, but again, invalidating my own experience. Um, but where, um, when she said that to me, well, you, it sounds like you just wanted to be heard, which brings me back to what you were saying about the kids you nanny for, where they just, kids just want to be heard. Mm-hmm. And um, it was like immediate, I remember, like I felt like sick almost to my stomach because I was just like, oh my God, like this is me as a human now. And now it's like I suppress my voice because I'm I'm just so, I was so used to for years of my life just told to be quiet, you know, mm-hmm. like to the point where the only time I felt I could truly like come out of my shell and be like wild and myself and to not fear criticism was if I were under the influence, you know, and it, it all connects. You know, which it always does when we put the work in with ourselves, but it all connects with needing to feel needed because when I'm needed, I'm recognized, which is very similar to feeling heard, you know? And even like when we said we were going to do the podcast, the amount of fear I had, oh my God, I'm going to be like speaking. Other people are going to be listening. And what if people don't like what I have to say? What if my family is like mad at me because I'm like fucking different and I'm weird, you know? And then I... I was just like, no, like I have, I developed this fear of, of, you know, abandonment, rejection, if, if I'm myself, you know, everything that for years I tried to like cover up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A hundred percent. And that's, I mean, all these coping skills we developed from childhood, like (laughs) just steady. That's the thing is we don't realize that all these reactions to things that we're having in life are all stemming from a core childhood wound. Yeah. Like there's always something deeper. It's not just, oh, this person didn't invite me to this party and I'm pissed off about it. There's something deeper. There's a feeling of abandonment, feeling of rejection. Where, when's the first time you felt this feeling? It's probably in childhood. You know what I mean? Where you develop this core wound and this, this um, system for protecting yourself from those things. And I think... Um, one of the one of the things that I always try to do um, in, in regards to like relationships, right, like romantic relationships is when I'm not feeling good about something or like I'm feeling triggered by something, um, I always try to think of it as um, like the, the little kid inside of me is hurt. Something's going on with her. You know what I mean? Because a lot of times... Th- the feelings to certain situations in a relationship can feel so overwhelming and also cause us to react so intensely. And the reason for that normally is because we are reacting from a place of a child. Our response seems aggressive and, and overdramatic and all these things because, and it's like, where, where's your sense of self? Like, why aren't you calm? Like, whatever. It's, a, it's the child inside of you. When our core wounds are triggered by something, that child comes out. And that child is expressing how she feels and is saying, like, wow, 
I'm fucking hurt. I'm upset. I'm sad. Like, I'm scared. Like, you know, there's no, there's, it, it's a child who's expressing their emotions. There is no emotional maturity, sense of calm. And I feel like there's such a deep problem with that in relationships in society today where we're coming at each other from a place of kids fighting. So, of course, we don't get to a resolution. We don't get to a place of feeling safety, and, safe and heard and seen because our little kids are battling each other. And um, I just, I can literally feel that happening inside of me. I've gotten a lot better at, like, being like, whoa, okay, I'm feeling this intense feeling um, because, like, the little kid in, inside of me is really upset right now. So how can I, like, soothe her so that I can come at this issue with my partner in a way that is healthy and calm and respectful, right? People don't realize it, that that's what's going on. And I just find it so fucking interesting. And, like... I'll see people that are, like, having a, a conversation or, or a disagreement or whatever, and you can just tell from the way that they're talking about it that it's not coming from them. It's coming from this deeper, wounded part of them. Um, and it, also thinking like that helped give me some compassion for myself because I was always the kind of person when I didn't know how to emotionally regulate myself and I would be coming from that very intense, triggered state, I would be like, wow, why am I acting like this? Why am I saying this? Why do I feel so intensely? Like, why am I being overdramatic? Why am I making it this huge thing? And it's like, when you think about it, when a kid trips, it is the end of the world. They skin their knee and it's like they're dying, right? It's the same thing in relationships today. Like, you you trip, you skin your knee, and it's like, oh my God, wave of emotions, overwhelm. And when you take all that out and you realize, oh, this this one core part of me was wounded. For that, it's like maybe the kid who's just really scared because they haven't gotten wounded a lot, you know? So they're like, oh, okay. Like, this one part of me is really hurt right now. I'm really afraid because I have a cut and I don't know how to react to cuts. And I've been taught that cuts are like, a big deal, right? So the kid's making it this huge thing, right? And it's just, it's the same way in relationships. When we get down to it, it's really, like, it's not all these stories, and this person's that, and they're doing this because of that, blah, blah, blah. When it comes down to it, it's like, I'm hurt right now because of this, because this part of me is hurt. And, like, when you get to that point, you can come at the disagreement, the argument, the what, what the turmoil from a place of calm and knowing what's what it's coming from because when you don't know what it's coming from you'll say a lot of shit you don't mean mm-hmm. and you'll you'll say a lot of things that add fire add fuel to the fire right yeah. instead of diffusing it because the little kids inside of us are just going at it they're like throwing everything they can to try and protect themselves they're like well you're a fucking piece of shit and you're this and that and well you never take out the dishes and you don't do this and blah blah and then it's like the dishes whoa. are being frisbeed then and yeah yeah <laughs> frisbeed i've actually done that really very embarrassing yeah wow it's funny because it's like you can't really picture (laughs) like i today now i don't really i don't get angry like that but what you're saying about the kid stuff and and i also haven't been in a relationship for like a long time just because of like the stuff i've been just working on and um so the kid in me because i look at it with what you just said it really got me thinking about like the arguments i would be in and it makes 
total sense. Mm -hmm. You know, where somebody, if I'm in a relationship with someone, they're displaying a behavior I don't like, I ask them to change, then they keep not changing that behavior. Mm -hmm. And then I freak out. Because you're not changing, so you must not hear me, which means you don't respect me, you know? And then it's, like, explosive after that. Right. And not the good kind of explosive. It's, right. like, the scary, I'm throwing a chair, you know? And the fact that that's even in me, because I'm as big as the chair, is, like, hilarious. But, like, where I don't even get to that point, or haven't got to that point in a long time, but it just makes, it makes complete sense of, it's, two hurt people with core wounds that haven't been addressed and those wounds and the traumas are basically screaming at each other because right. we all handle our trauma and process our trauma like in different ways like how yeah. everyone's self-care is different like the same you and I could have had the same exact childhood but the way we manifested and perceived what was happening to us could be completely different so the way we might view things and argue about things are going to be totally totally different right right exactly and that's why it's so important to get to a place of being truly open with another person so you can understand what the other person's triggers are and find ways like around that where you can mutually like heal together like in that stuff but it's also important to be very aware of when a person is not able to hear you or see you the way that you truly desire to be and having a, a boundary so you know when to leave when that's not happening like the thing with the whole like the analogy of, like, the kids fighting, right? At the same time, these kids are fighting because they so desperately just want to be safe and they just want to be okay and they don't feel safe or okay. So in the same time that they're, like, screaming, crying, battling at you, there is an underlying um, just cry for help. Just, like, I just want to be loved. I just want to feel okay and I don't feel loved or okay right now, so I'm going to attack with everything I have because I'm trying to protect myself but really I just want you to fucking love me like you know what I mean it's so like when you like really think about it it's it's such a sad like heartbreaking situation to see and like we see it all the time but another thing that happens like in relationships is like when people um like this this resentment of uh like, okay, so we were talking about how when you're in a relationship and you just want someone to change and, like, they won't change, right? And you're like, yes. you're like, what the fuck? Like, you don't love me and that's why you're not changing and blah, blah, blah. And that's not always the case. Like, that's not always the case. It's not always that they're not changing because they don't love you. Some people just aren't at a place where they're ready or able to change. And, like, that's okay. But the problem is that people will be with these partners and they'll be like, this is what you do that hurts me. This is what I need to see, like, changed from you. And then when it doesn't happen, instead of being like, okay, maybe this partner can't hear me the way that I desire to be heard and, and seen and, and, and like, cherished and held. So in, in, I'm, like, instead of doing that, it's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. Like, okay, this person's not giving me what oh, I man. want. I'm, I'm going to go. But what happens normally isn't that. It's normally... How dare this person not change? I'm going to stay and be resentful and get you to change. You like, just describe me in every single one of my relationships. <laughs> same, dude. Same. Calling call both of us out. But, like, we have that, that choice, right, to be like, okay, I see this person is not hearing me. This person is not seeing me. So... It's not my responsibility to force them to see me. It's my responsibility to set boundaries and be like, hey, this is what I truly want and I desire. And then see how they perceive that. See how they act with that. And if they're not able 
to come to a place like together maybe your boundary um like interferes with one of their own personal boundaries for themselves like you don't know right so it's like at that point you have the choice to either stay and know that you're not getting what you truly want out of a relationship and feeling lack and feeling resentment towards your partner but still at the same time pushing and pulling and and, and holding on so tightly and trying to fix things right or you can be like okay I'm going to make a high worth, self-worth decision and I'm going to choose to step away from this because at this current moment in time, I am not getting what I truly desire out of a relationship and I love myself enough to know that it's not my responsibility to change someone. It's my responsibility to take care and change myself and hold my own boundaries. And if someone else doesn't meet those boundaries or disrespects them, okay, maybe it's time for me to move away from the situation you know what I mean but but it's hard because we get so attached to these like relationships and you fall into that trick of like oh well I've spent so much time with this relationship we talked about it last week with uh, Chavez like the oh I spent so much time at this job I can't leave now or I spent so much time on this endeavor like I can't leave now like it's wasted time it's not all that time in your relationship is wisdom gained lessons learned like you just keep telling yourself that because now you have this awareness that you can bring into the next relationship they can be like so you can set a boundary right off the bat like hey you want to be in a relationship with me here are my boundaries here here are here are my self boundaries that I will not let someone cross and you said something to me it was I don't know what it was it was a couple weeks ago off off mic off camera, off mic. <laughs> off mic. Yeah, off mic. And um, it, like, I think about it literally every day where you said to me, you know, I can't be mad at somebody when I had poor boundaries at the time, you know? I can't be mad at somebody else when I didn't even set a boundary. Yep. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like, what? Like, my mind and I've I've done work on myself. It's right. like how these things still don't click with me sometimes right. is hilarious. Right. But where I was just like, my mind is blown because you're right. And where it's true, every single relationship I've been in, I don't think I've set a single boundary. I really don't think I have, you know, which can't wait for the next one because, you know, we're like running in there hot with a list of boundaries. But who knows, you know, we'll see. Yeah. But, um, yeah, where I I have not set a single boundary in any relationship, situationship, talk, whatever it might be, where I've never, like, I never clearly stated my own needs because I never really put them first, like, ever it was always about like somebody else all right they said they're gonna change so now they're gonna change change for a little bit they regress again and then it's like that I was stuck in these like cycles constantly where I consciously know at the time that I can't make somebody change but I'm refusing to walk away like I'm literally trapping myself in this sick cycle of sickness <laughs> sickness sickness but yeah no where i just i could not walk away i had poor boundaries of myself yeah. i had poor boundaries with the the guys that i would be with and it just it always spiraled and it yeah. never ended well like there's like maybe i think like one or two maybe one that i'm on like decent terms with you know but it's there's like not even a friendship there which is fine with me but it goes to show that um there was no sort of like health in 
in these relationships emotional mental like none yeah well you have to like you have to step back and like look at it this way like what I had to do was I had to be like okay in all those relationships I was in did I have any sense of self was I placing my my self-care and, and my healing above someone else? Or was I coming at it from a place of attachment? Like, was I coming at it from a place of lack and need, you know? And when you, like, ask yourself those questions, it's like, oh, shit. I've been coming at relationships the entire wrong way. Because society will tell you that you need a partner. And if you don't need your partner, something's wrong. And if you don't want to spend every second with your partner, something's wrong. And if you don't want to do this or don't want to do that or whatever, like if you're not obsessed with your partner and like your partner is your everything and like your other half, you're complete because of them, blah, blah, blah. Bullshit, 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 bullshit. I'm calling bullshit on all of that. The fact is that you are completely whole and perfect exactly the way that you are. You do not need another person to be worthy, to be good enough, nothing. You are inherently worthy and good enough simply for breathing, period, end of story. Fight me about it if you want to. I don't care. Let's go. I'm ready. We're two small people. Meet us us outside. Meet us outside. I'll, I'll, Zoe, you get on my shoulders and be one whole person. And if you know how to change a tire, bonus. Yeah, yeah. Please come fix my flat tire while you're at it. And then we'll fist fight. But, um, but yeah, it's like, it's just, it's, oh, my God, it gets me so riled up because I was, I was coming at from these, these relationships, like this person's going to fix me. This person's going to help this person. If this person loves me, that means I'm lovable. If this person wants me, that means I'm wanted. Not like, no, I am lovable, wanted all these good things without a physical human being putting off that energy. No, like energetically, universally, I am wanted. P- period period like that's it hunk line saker that's it like i i just i cannot go any further into this because i'll i'll fight someone but it's so frustrating the way we view relationships and so many people come into relationships from this place of like attachment like i need you to give me something that i'm lacking And the only way for me to get what I'm lacking is for me to change you to give me what I need that I'm lacking. And it's fucked. And then we wonder why we're in these unhealthy, unstable, unhappy relationships. Because we're not healthy, stable, happy people by ourselves. If you're not that, you're not going to bring that or get that from a relationship. I do not care what anyone says. Like, if you... The whole thing that's like, oh, like, no one's going to love you till you love yourself. I do not believe that, number one. But what I do believe is that if you don't love yourself, you will not accept love from somebody else. Absolutely. And you'll just project how, like, you'll project what you're lacking onto somebody else by trying to make them become what you need that you can only give yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 100%. And it'll just breed resentment and anger in the relationship and disconnection and... And fear fear because it's like this person can't leave because then what what will I have yeah who will I be if this person leaves or if this person leaves it means that all those things that I was trying to to disprove or I don't know what the right word is you're there is that you got it (laughs) you want you understand what I'm saying yeah like it means all those things are true that if this person leaves it means I'm not lovable I'm not good enough I'm not wanted and it's alone forever yeah exactly and it's like even like my little sister she's 21 and she was the limiting belief of it's not going to get any better than this. 
She's like, how is it going to get better than this? Or how am I going to meet someone else? It's like, bro, you're 21. Her life is about to get really good if that's where her head's at. Literally, right now. literally. But but it's crazy how we have those program beliefs that are like, oh my God, if this person doesn't love me, no one else is going to. Like, my world is over. How am I going to find someone else? Yeah. And, and it's also like feeling that need to have somebody on the back burner yeah. just in case that person leaves. Like, yeah. and it's just like, that's so unhealthy. It's so unhealthy. Like, that constant need to have someone. Yeah, exactly. Like, why is that the first thing we go to? Oh my God, no one else is going to want me. Mm-hmm. Why is that the first thing you care about after a breakup? Why isn't it immediately, okay, how can I love and take care of myself right now? How can I show up for myself right now? It's always, well, how am I going to find someone else to fill this hole that I think this person was filling, even though they never were filling it to begin with? Because you trying to fill, that's, <laughs> that was about to sound so sexual. I was about to say, you trying to fill your holes with someone else <laughs> is not beneficial to you because you will be let down every time. You may think every it time. fits... You may think it fit the hole, but it doesn't. There's always some empty space. Like, there's always some disconnect. Like, I promise you, it's it's going to fall out eventually. And then what's going to happen? You're going to be like, what the fuck? And honestly, without, my mind went somewhere else with that whole thing. Hole. Without emotional connection, filling your hole isn't that much fun. No. It really isn't. Nah, like I'm not, I'm not having a good time. While we're on the topic of filling your hole, um, yeah, just don't, just don't do it. Fill your hole with yourself. Well, it's like we get, we get, you know, as teenagers, like this idea that oh, to get over someone, you need to get under somebody else. If I hear that phrase, I'll also fight someone because in the parking lot, it. I feel like that just like produces like really codependent toxic behaviors in people oh to get over somebody that you should just get into another relationship and you'll be fine right when and i remember when it was a really long time ago probably like nine ten years ago when like i went through like a, a bad breakup which was temporary but um of course, because I'm always ready to hop back in a toxic relationship. But, like, um, at the time, like, this person and I were broken up and friends of mine were like, you should go date, go date, go date. Just, like, hang out with this person, blah, blah, blah. And uh, it was a long time ago. And I was just like, yeah, sure, you know, why not? And it didn't feel right. Like, it didn't sit right. I've never been the type of person to, like, just date around, you know, or, like, um, just go see what's out there. Like, I've never been a seeker for it you know and um I remember I I did it and it just I felt like so off about it and then I broke stuff off with the person I was seeing in between my breakup and then I felt bad you know and it's like because it's something I shouldn't have been doing in the first place it didn't resonate with me but at the time I didn't know it because I'm being fed information from people who are being fed this shit from society of like yeah what what, if you're alone like then what the fuck are you I don't know whole maybe Maybe, for Maybe, starters. you know, it's everything else makes us feel broken. Yeah, but it's like in those, in those situations, it's like you're listening to people that are just, like you said, just like spewing the shit of like, well, you need to have someone. You need to have someone, so you should just like get back into something. Like, notice how when someone breaks up, 
this is why it's important to see who you're surrounding yourself with. But when someone breaks up, everyone's first thought is like, oh, you'll meet someone. It'll be okay. Like, or you should just go like date around, see what's out there. And it's not like, hey, how's your relationship with yourself? Are you good? Do you have shit you need to heal? Shit you need to work on? Like, whatever. Um, and, like, another thing that I wanted to point out is, like, we were just talking about, oh, like, fill your holes with yourself or whatever. There are no holes to begin with. Let me just, like, smash that idea for you right now. Nothing is wrong with you. Like, th- these these holes that you fill, you feel like they're there, they're just parts of you that you're not giving enough love and attention to. That's it. So they feel... They feel like they're holes or gaps in your soul, your spirit, but it's just your lack of presence with yourself. That's it. So nothing is fucking wrong with you. You are not, um, you're not really lacking anything besides that awareness with yourself. So like, I just hate the idea of like, oh, like there's all these broken parts of me I need to feel and fix and blah, blah, blah. Like, no, you're fine. Like, you're fine. Obviously, like working on yourself is always a good fucking idea, but just make sure you're doing it out of self-love and not out of like, oh my god, something's wrong with me. Like, I need to fix all this shit. Like, no. Or working on yourself to make somebody else love you, you know? Yeah. Which is like super important because that's my favorite topic again. People pleasing of, you know, oh, if I put on all this work on myself, then maybe somebody will love me, you know? And it's like, no, like maybe you'll love you. Yeah, or, like, in relationships in general, like, that was another thing that my my sister had said. She was like, I worked so hard on myself. I was doing all this work on myself. Like, why wasn't he doing work on himself, too? And I'm like, notice what you just said. You were working on yourself for a man that wasn't giving any effort back. Why? Ask yourself why you found yourself in that situation. Why do you feel the need to do that? Why is fixing yourself for another person so above and beyond fixing or not fixing working on yourself for yourself you know what I mean and that comes back down to well you're just trying to work on yourself so that someone will love you not so that you'll love you so that you can get attention validation love from another human being not yourself like it's just it's absolutely it's it's crazy but we don't like it takes us so long to realize what we're doing because we're so in a state of like autopilot and whatnot and now it's well you know I feel like the world and people around us are starting to wake up and realize these things and it's definitely like earth shattering and like super super important but um all right we are like way past an hour at this point so we're gonna wrap it up but yeah if there's anything you can take away from this um is just understanding the love and time and attention that you yourself need from yourself not necessarily from other people I don't want to invalidate anyone's experience obviously like we humans are programmed for connection like you've heard this before like it's it's true like it's okay to want connection with other people but your connections will be so beautiful if you first are connected to yourself if you're disconnected from yourself the connections you find yourself in will feel disconnected Um, so really just taking the time to heal the parts of you, discover why you're doing the things you do. Why do you find yourself in the same situations? Why do you find yourself in the same relationships? Why do you find yourself in the same disagreements or arguments, in the same friendships, in the same like family dynamics? Like just try and really like get down to the core of what those things are 
and then just send that part of you love and do some journaling and just work through it and breathe and take it day by day and like you will start to see things change but if you are constantly working at a surface level with yourself you will not see real change in your life you have to do the deep deep work nothing's wrong with you but if you want to have the kind of life that you truly desire it's going to require some work good and beautiful things require a lot of work um and not in a sense of like oh you got to work every day to do the the, the, no like enjoy the present moment but like honor yourself by doing that work to allow yourself to live a more enjoyable life and existence yeah 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 that's what that's what I gotta say but um I love that it brings me back to the times where you're gonna hate me for this where I wasn't sending the girl love who was (laughs) crying on the floor with a bottle of hard liquor listening to the fray oh god 10 years ago and I remember I used to like look back in disgust and be like who the fuck was I right you know literally listening to the fray (laughs) which is bad enough hard liquor that was like 12 dollars and crying yeah and now I'm just like you know you're gonna be okay yeah She's it's still, right. that part of you is still in you. Yeah. You just got to send her love and integrate her and let her know that, like, she, nothing's wrong with her. She's okay. You Turn know what I mean? Turn off the sad songs, please. Yeah. Or, it's okay. Yeah. You know, give yourself, what is that meme that's, like, you get to listen to, like, one sad song a day and then it's ba- back to gangster rap yeah. or for the a, rest of the day? Or it could be a Pisces meme where it's, like, listens to sad songs to make self even more sad. I, I honestly have done the same thing. Guilty. Guilty as charged. Yeah. I'm doing the same fucking Welcome. shit. Welcome. Yeah. But anyway, let yourself feel your sad feelings and then it's time to start enjoying life. Yes. Enjoy life, Do baby. a meditation. Because you're beautiful and perfect just the way you are. You are whole. And I'm so proud of you if you're listening to this, whoever you are. And listen, it can feel overwhelming. Just take it day by day. Just day by day, little by little. Trust me, shit will start to change really fast if you just make little baby steps. The little baby steps are still going to get you to wherever you're headed. It's okay. Is a okay. All right, follow us on Instagram, um, and Twitter. Wait, sorry, our Instagram's at Conscious Divinity. Our Twitter's at Conscious Div D I V, and our TikTok is Conscious Divinity. Message us on Instagram if you want. Say hi. We're there, and we're square, and we're chilling all the time. And um, Linktree is in our bio. Linktree for all all the deets, our Instagrams, all that fun stuff. And um, the dog is shaking. Big shake, bud. And yeah, thanks for tuning in. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We love you a lot, and we hope you're having a beautiful day wherever you are. And hydrate. Yeah.